Welcome, listeners, to filmedincanada.net. I'm William Lee. I'm sitting here with Alexander Cairns. This is the podcast where we talk about Canadian movies, and we will be talking about I Declare War from 2011 on this episode. And uh, I think, I don't know if I would use it in the final version, but I think we'd warm up by just talking about recent things. Like, have you, uh, what have you been watching lately? What have I been watching? Oh, I mentioned that BoJack Horseman before we started recording. That show is amazing. A Netflix uh, animated series. Original series about a talking horse who's a washed-up actor in Hollywood, not Hollywood, because the D's fallen off the Hollywood sign. Hmm. Um, Yeah, that show just knocked me off my feet like it's it you kind of get into it both seasons it happened this way where you get into it thinking that it's just a straightforward comedy and then it just progressively gets darker and and more depressing and and just this character just is struggling to to do good in the world and and it's all so absurd but at the same time like you really get to the heart of of the emotion of these characters, which is surprising in an animated show in general, but also specifically this very over-the-top world of humans and animals. And is it only populated by animals and uh, by horses and and humans, or other animals? No, there's like there's everything. I mean, there's they're driving along the road one day and stop, come to a stop sign, almost kind of blow through the stop sign. There's an armadillo crossing the street. The armadillo rolls up into a ball. <laughs> As an armadillo would, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. There, like his agent is a, a cat named Princess Carolyn, and uh, like one of his best friends is a, a yellow lab named Mister Peanut Butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a great show. Okay, is it like Birdman as a horse? Like what? Is it Birdman as a horse? Well, Birdman, the movie, oh, uh, well, he was uh, Michael Keaton's actor, no. was kind of washed up, but he was trying to redeem himself by being in, in theater. No, not quite. It, it, actually, he does, in one episode, gets a chance to go to to uh, Broadway to do a, a theater gig and ends up, he can't do it, but no, it, it's, it has nothing to do with that. And <laughs> okay. I don't know, Birdman was mediocre, <laughs> at best, <laughs> okay. I would say. I watched Jurassic World recently. Did you see Jurassic World? I did not. No. Any interest in seeing Jurassic World? Do you have any affection no. for Jurassic things? Uh, I never really grew up liking dinosaurs in any meaningful way. Like, I think I probably did just because, like, other kids did. But mm-hmm. um, I saw Jurassic Park, obviously, at some point. But yeah. But how about yourself? Are you... you Jurassic Park world fan, whatever? Not really, no. I did, I mean, I saw it when it came out. I was really excited about seeing it, and I enjoyed it, the Jurassic, uh, the original Jurassic Park. I enjoyed it, watching it, and it didn't really, it didn't really stick with me in any way. I just saw it as a fun, uh, fun summer movie. I know it had state-of-the-art special effects, but I was, and maybe it's, maybe it's uh, um, credit to the special effects, but they, it didn't, it didn't wow me in the. It didn't wow me like when I saw Terminator Two, where I thought like I'm seeing things that I could I've never seen before. Right. So something about Jurassic Park, even though. When we, was Terminator Two? Is it same around the same time? Or? I think Terminator Two was like a couple of years. Terminator Two was like in the 
mid to late 90s. And Jurassic Park was, I think... 93. Yeah? Okay. 93 or 94, I think, yeah. All right. I think Terminator 2 was earlier, though. I have a feeling... Oh, I, earlier. Terminator 2 was earlier than Jurassic Park. Yeah. Anyway, something about Jurassic Park, um, knowing that it had the state-of-the-art special effects, I didn't really find myself that appreciative of the special effects. But then at the same time, I, I, you know, I, I watched it and I saw dinosaurs not really... I didn't really distinguish, like, oh, that's a puppet dinosaur or that's a CG dinosaur. I just saw dinosaurs. So to its credit, um, I guess I was, convinced I, was seeing, I was convinced that I was seeing dinosaurs. But at the same time, I wasn't really uh, that uh, wowed by the movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I went to uh, Jurassic World, and I was thinking some, there's something about dinosaurs that has universal appeal except to, to everyone except you, apparently, because there was, um, there was a pretty pretty um, good cross-section of people in the theater from like of all ages I mean little kids and and parents bringing even littler kids and old people um, so just like the, the entire demographic was there watching that movie and I guess the magic ingredient is dinosaurs not whether it's a good movie or not right hmm. so was it a good movie I enjoyed watching it I was I was glad to be out of the heat and watching it and um, I was not restless too much but almost immediately after it was over, like after just just thinking back on any of it, it started to fall apart. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I just kind of vaguely passed over some some reviews that were talking about it in a misogynist context with Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Oh, okay. I've heard some of that. I think it's a bit. Uh, I think it's a bit exaggerated because all of the characters. Uh, all the characters are just caricatures, really. Um, so if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Bryce Dallas Howard being like um, not a good representation of a woman, then we then we probably have to look at Chris Pratt and how he's he's just a meathead, right? Um, and then and then Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio is the is a cardboard cutout um, military guy. So all of them are just all of them are one dimensional characters so i don't know if i don't know what the point is in zeroing zeroing in on the portrayal of the one female character right so yeah. um oh have you heard about what happens to the other female character in that movie have you heard any jurassic world in jurassic world no there is uh like, i think the one thing that i i kind of enjoyed about the movie was uh they they had the moment where dinosaurs escaped and just started um, just started uh, killing civilians like, oh, in, nice. in the park, and I and finally I I don't know what it is about uh, the whole Jurassic Park conceit, um, but I've always wanted to see that. I've wanted to see. I just wanted <laughs> to see. Mayhem, yeah. I want to see dinosaurs like just going on a rampage in a populated place, and so that finally happens in this movie, and um, and it spends, and the movie spends an excessive amount of time on the death of one character and it's this other the other prominent female character in the movie who only exists um she exists as sort of a failed babysitter to two of the kids so she's she's running around trying to trying to uh corral them or locate them when they get lost so that's her only function in the movie and then this scene when the monsters when the dinosaurs are are loose she gets picked up and tossed around uh, like they're playing with their food and 
like back and forth from creature to creature before like the punchline is an even bigger creature consumes all of them. <laughs> she gets more screen time for her death than like than than um, the cardboard villain who has been scheming throughout the movie and you want him to like really suffer. Uh, he gets he gets a quick death, which is almost off screen. Yeah. But this this uh, very minor female character, uh, you see her get tortured before she dies, and it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the female character in I Declare War isn't tortured, but we're going to talk about torture in this movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, I Declare War is a 2011 movie directed by Jason LaPere. Do you think I'm saying that right? LaPere. Sure. And uh, and Robert Wilson, co-directing. Jason LaPere wrote the script, and it stars an all um, an all kid cast. I think uh, teenagers and younger. Uh, do you want to give us a quick plot synopsis? Sure. So I'm I'm generally terrible at this, so you you can keep throwing it to me in every episode. But I guess there's a group of kids in a forest who. They're, are engaging um, in a a war battle. Yeah, they're they're fighting each other. Yeah, a over capture a flag. the flag type scenario. It's capture the flag. Mm-hmm. That's a, that. Yeah, they end up going after each other. Like like, there's not really much plot to it. It's just mm-hmm. they're trying to find the other camp's flag. Yeah, and so there's some. The entire movie is just the game of capture the flag. Right. Yeah. Um, you you learn a bit of the background story for some of the characters. But it uh, it starts in the middle of the game almost, and and it fin- and the movie ends when the game's over. Yeah, and the main uh, the twist or the gimmick, I guess, is that it's really the movie is really shown through their imagination. So if they if they're running around with toy guns, but they believe that they're in a real firefight, the the movie shows them using real guns, and there's uh, and there's uh, gunfire sound effects and uh, explosions around them. Um, so it, it it blurs, I suppose, that that make believe um, element. Or uh, like, um, what am I trying to say? Why why what is the point of that gimmick? Do you think? I don't really think there was a point to it. Hmm. Okay. Um, the, I, w- I just found it really confounding because the 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 way that it went in and out of it was just inconsistent, and I didn't understand why they would show the wooden guns. Like I, maybe maybe in like long shot. If you're seeing the kids from far away, you would see them with the wooden guns, but then when they're up close, you see... But it just didn't seem consistent when you would see them with the fake guns and with the real guns, or well, I guess they're both fake guns, but um, in the context of the the world they're in, they're believing that they're real guns. But it just didn't seem to add anything to it because, like, I, I would have I enjoyed it a lot more if it was just a bunch of kids with wooden sticks going like... Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> like, mm, okay. like that was the whole movie. I would think yeah. that would be way more enjoyable than, than like, because there weren't there weren't any intense pyrotechnics or even even the grenades were just water balloons full of red dye, mm-hmm. and like when those go off, they don't. Uh, there's no explosions or anything, so there's no real purpose to it. I think there's think. a there's an in, there's an initial shock with the first uh, water balloon grenade. Because they're they're uh, filled with red dye, so I think there's an initial shock where you think like someone has um, has suffered some sort of injury because it looks like they're covered in blood. Yeah. But you but you're quickly let off the hook. You 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 know they they groan and, and they uh, yeah. and they say oh I got killed and yeah. yeah yeah. So like I feel like if they wanted to 
make it this this fake world, then don't go back into the reality of the kid just getting up and walking home and he's fine. Like actually kill that kid in the movie and then he's just lying there like in a real war battle. Hmm. Like they didn't, they, I didn't feel like they took the the conceit far enough and I almost felt it like it would have been more enjoyable, like I said, with just wooden guns and mm-hmm. and there it's just more like a goofier version of it. Have you seen have you heard of um a Quebec movie called The The Dog Who Stopped the War? I have not, no. No. That was from nineteen eighty four. Um and at the time I think at the time it was uh it, it was known as um the snowball fight movie. It's an all-kid cast, even younger kids, so um, preteens mostly. But in in that movie, they uh, they have a war game, and uh, some of the outcast kids uh, who who aren't chosen for um, or they're not chosen for teams. They there there's like one dominating kid who says who's on my side, and and a lot of the kids go to gravitate toward his team, and then there's the leftover kids who. Uh, who are somewhat misfits, but what they do is they construct a snow fort, and so then it become it becomes like a, a game of uh, of protect the castle, and and so the so the the, uh, the the larger team they they have a siege of uh, of this ice fortress, a snow fortress over over the week, uh, but it's it's a snowball fight, so their weapons are snowballs, shields, and swords. And uh, and it, the movie the movie plays it straight and sticks with that. Um, yeah. Aside from having aside from overnight, they build this really great snow fort, right. which uh, which wouldn't be possible. But I found it, uh, and and I rewatched that a little bit uh, last week, oh, uh, nice. just because I, I um, well I thought, because I, I recognized that there were similarities between these these two movies. And while that one, while the dog who stopped the war has pacing problems, um, I'm not really sure if it holds up so well. Um, today I did find myself really invested in that story of kids having a having a play fight you know it, it made me feel like I wanted to go play in the snow yeah yeah I declare war doesn't make me want to go play in the woods no and I think I think again the whole you know real fake gun thing it it kind of it, it sets up a discrepancy between the stakes of of the action and the I guess emotional stakes or the stakes of the of the of the characters and the interactions because like you go from you know like oh shit where I'm gonna get shot by some sniper or whatever to you know these kids like and I'm not not to discredit the the quality of their acting but and obviously they are they did a great job in this movie but you don't get like the the choking screaming dying scenes that you would get in a in a war movie like there's no there's nothing about the rest of the movie that makes it more adult or more action oriented it's it's all then goes back to the level of these kids and 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 so there's there's kind of a discrepancy there that I there isn't a consequence for what they're experiencing yeah yeah um well i maybe we can get into uh we're going to talk we're going to talk um, without regard to spoilers a little bit later on, um, but uh, it, but like you said, in terms of dying, 
um, they get up and they walk home. That's the consequence of dying in this movie. Yeah. So um, it does seem going into those intense firefights um, is just uh, a way to dress up these action scenes. Yeah. It's uh, and then the, and then the, nothing really comes of it. Um, nobody suffers uh, for taking part in the game. Yeah. Right. Um, with, except, with one except for just being like marginally pissed off that they're out of the game, like yeah. So your your feeling then is so it's, so it doesn't sound like you really like the movie. No, no. I mean, and 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 again, I I think it might have just been the fact that I was I would just prefer to see a different version of it. Not that it, not that there's mm-hmm. anything wrong about the filmmaking or anything. Like it, it's it's certainly well made, and and I could see someone else getting enjoyment out of it i just mm-hmm. i just would have preferred to see a different version of it pitched at the level of of kids in a fight with fake guns and that that was another thing that i didn't get is if in the fake world of that they've created they have they have real guns that are shooting real bullets when it cuts back to their wooden guns like there's no there's nothing coming out of those things so how do they even know if they've been shot that, that's just like there's I just consistent. I think it's on the honor system like that that that, I, that just kind of bothered me because right. especially if it's a sniper rifle from the top of the tree fort yeah. that they might not even see at this point. How do they know they've been shot? That I, that, I had that thought too. When, yeah. when one of the characters um, he imagines what his weapons are, uh, one of those is a sniper rifle because he's yeah. he's going to be defending his fort, and then he has he has another character in his sights with his sniper rifle, and. In the in the reality of this of this situation, there's no way that he'd be able to tell that person, "I got you with a sniper rifle." <laughs> yeah, so he would just have to say "pew pew" and yeah. then and then be like, "I got you." Like, yeah. no, he didn't. That, like, well, I would have loved to see a scene. But like there was that. a scene. There was a there was a scene. Remember, there was the one firefight uh, where uh, um, before the before the hornet's nest. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, but th- there was a firefight where there's uh, multiple characters and they take cover behind trees and they're shooting each other, and one of them yells out, "I got you!" and the other guy responds, "No, you didn't." Which yeah. I like that moment because yeah. that really felt like that's I guess that's the that's the kind of interaction you would you would see in this scenario. Yeah, uh, yeah, where you would dispute whether you got shot or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you didn't like the movie, I. I'm not sure if I like it or not. I, I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't, I don't dismiss it either. There's, I guess there's something about it that I think is worth considering, but I'm, I'm not in love with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I think from here on in, uh, we'll, just, we'll just talk without uh, worrying about giving away details. Okay. Um, uh, so that's, that's how we stand on whether you should see it or not. I, I think check it out and you say no. No, I, w- I, w- I still think it's worth oh, okay. watching. I, th- I still think it's interesting just to see how they attempt to incorporate mm-hmm. the real movie action with these with it's the an fake. interesting idea yeah yeah um so maybe done a different way you would have felt it was more effective yeah i'm yeah yeah i guess i'd like to talk about the way that it does it though and why it does or doesn't work for us sure um, and my so my thought my thought about the movie is that it is an action movie starring kids. Yeah. Um, and it's informed by our... It's informed by other action movies. It's, in, it's informed by... Well, I guess I'm talking about guns and the way that uh, kids play with guns. It's the way that they hold the guns, the way that they shoot the guns and pose with the guns. I think these kids look good with the guns. And I think that's part of the point. 
It's about kids who are comfortable comfortable with guns, or at least they believe they uh, that they know how to handle guns. It's probably informed by watching action movies. Uh, yeah. One of them is a fan of Patton, and uh, we assume other war movies. Um, they talk about going to play video games uh, after after the game, so they're probably play, probably playing um, shooting games. Yeah, and uh, and I, I was thinking um, the way that they interact with weaponry is uh, reflective of this uh, with the idea of what of what uh, playing with guns is like in video games in movies what am I trying to say with that um, that it's that it's play acting it's play fighting it's play acting it's not a stretch to say that well it's not a, it, I mean obviously you say you can also see that they're just actors they're yeah. kids in a movie and I think when you look at uh, at an action movie, there are also actors pretending to be in a in a fight, pretending to be experts with weapons. Uh, I think the way that it, I think it. Mm, um, I, 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 if I understand what you're trying to say, that by using kids, it allows it it becomes a commentary on our well, obsession with 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 guns and with action movies perhaps. and that kind of thing or well there's no consequence for playing with guns because they they accept the they accept that it's exciting to be using guns but the movie accepts the fact that no one will be hurt by playing with guns right right and so and if we're looking at action movies we know that people we know that actors and stunt people walk away from these without bullet holes without being maimed mm-hmm. so we understand that guns are exciting and there's low consequence so there's something about it for me that says mm, yeah I, uh, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble forming this thought but um, <laughs> have you ever picked up a gun? I have not neither have I yeah yeah. Um, and I would not feel comfortable picking up a gun <laughs> neither would I except, except in my head I also think I also think I know how to <laughs> hold a gun or pose with a gun, right? Right, and I think that is that comes out of uh, out of entertainment about guns, right? I think if we are talking about how uh, movie violence um, glorifies, how movies glorify violence, this is the movie that just accepts that and says, "Yes, guns are cool." Kid, that's why kids like playing with guns because yeah. it's so cool to play with guns, right? Yeah. Um, so, but, but it also, like you're saying, it sets them up as both both for the kids in the movie and as us watching the movie. There, there's something that is just a toy that do, that don't have consequences, and so that I guess can be the mentality that a movie can make. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, in terms of you know fundamentalist Christians. In you know down in the states, every time there's a shooting, they blame it on Marilyn Manson, or they blame it on gun violence, or they blame it on whoever. Like I don't I don't think those are necessarily the causes of those kinds of of acts, but there, there's certainly a discussion to be had around that. And I guess gun violence in movies isn't going to cause more violence in the real world, but it also doesn't prevent it. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That it, yeah. It doesn't. Uh yeah, the correlation between the two, between uh, between the make believe, between entertainment where we see guns versus uh, I said guns. <laughs> the correlation between um, between movie fiction and how guns are used 
versus the real world and how guns are used, um, you, you don't think that there's a direct correlation? We no. can't We can't say that one influences the other? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the movie gets into some interesting territory in terms of the real impact of violence and the real uh, the real <coughs> negative effect that guns and other weapons can have through the the one the one character that takes over the camp uh and and is torturing the the one the one kid and and it, so it kind of it flirts with some of those ideas in terms of the consequences of you know, maybe an unstable individual being a part of that environment and, and feeling like it's okay to, to play with guns and, and maybe taking that too too far. Um, but it also, it kind of, it doesn't take that to, to any area of real consequence because ultimately at the end of the movie, they just walk away and, and the kid, they're just like, well, you're not cool, get out of here. And There's like, an emotional it. toll for what they what they experience, right? Not because of not directly because of guns, but just but because they interacted in this game together, and and some people have feelings hurt and and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe be just because it's kids squabbling. I just didn't really I didn't really feel much of an impact from it. Like it's mm. just like, yeah, let's go watch a movie, and the kids. Well, no, I'll see you later. Maybe next time. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. But I guess. I guess for them, for those kids, that means a lot. That he's not coming over to watch a movie, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Again, I think. I think it just. I just wasn't connecting with it on on its own level. I wasn't. I wasn't. Mm. Okay. Able to inhabit this world where. Oh, okay. Where the kids are, are essentially just kids, but then. They're they're trying to. Mm-hmm amp it up so to speak. did you ever play war when you were a kid does this does this so. okay so this so what the, the game that these kids are playing in the movie it doesn't um you don't recognize it recognize it as anything from your own childhood i mean you know, I, I had like snowball fights and mm-hmm. but but i don't specifically remember like a strategic game of capture the flag where you're mm-hmm. running through forests and stuff like that ah mm. uh, Maybe I like summer camp, but that would have been in like larger groups of people and more not as competitive or not as mm-hmm. aggressive, more just kind of yeah. Um, I'll uh, let me let me talk about the, some of the elements that I liked about the movie, and yeah. you can comment to see if uh, if you agree or if you think that they didn't work for you. Sure, because uh, I think it's interesting that you. Uh, I think it's interesting how you you, you said you don't have um, your own experience of these kinds of games. And and while I've never experienced something on this level, I, I do remember um, in in my childhood um, having semi-organized games where we had different teams and we had some objective. Then you needed a leader to to guide the team and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I um, think I was young enough that we just we were just playing video games mostly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I think what it gets right though, uh, going back to the guns. Um, Guns and and this uh, the gimmick of of the amped up action scenes that that feel like an action movie rather than a kids game. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it gets it right in in terms of how immersive it must be for for the kids uh, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I enjoyed the action scenes for that because um, it it really showed the intensity of of that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple. I I mean a couple kind of stick out like when the 
the main general kid. I, I don't remember any of their names, but um, the blonde kid who was, who's yeah PK who's running the one the one camp when he kind of storms the other camp and he's hiding behind walls and everything and kind of takes one kid out and then the other one sneaks up behind him and I thought that was all really well shot and mm. like you I felt you know the action of it and then the other guy walk wanders in and finds the mayhem and with his dog and everything mm -hmm. I thought that was all really well done mm -hmm. yeah um and I think the performances are, are quite good for uh, probably across the board I think the performances are good yeah yeah uh, none of them none of the kids are really annoying or seem like they're um, uh, really working to show that they're acting. Yeah. Um, the uh, the bad guy Skinner. Um, I think I think his character is a bit is a bit over the top at times, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a fault of the actor. No. Yeah. So uh, so for the most part, I I like the fact that the kids seem like real kids. Yeah. And and the way and the script too. I think the way that they talk to each other seems very real, even though I I think you might. I think some audience members might shudder at what uh, at the kind of uh, language they're using and the things that they're talking about. Yeah, but it which when we get to the what makes it Canadian segment, okay, <laughs> so that we'll see a running theme there. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I like the development of some of the characters' story arcs. I thought they they reached a place. Uh, um, their stories kind of developed in in a way that I believed and reached, um, you know, for, for this afternoon episode of, of their lives, it, it reached a, a proper conclusion. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the two kids who are, who are good friends, but one of them likes this girl, but the girl likes his friend, I thought that was handled really well. Yeah. Uh, because cause then uh, it, it plays out where one kid sort of sacrifices his friend because he's... He would. He's pissed off. Yeah, he's yeah. pissed off at him. He yeah. he doesn't he doesn't mind that he's out of the picture. But the girl, she's kind of playing both of them against each other because she doesn't really like either of them. She likes the other kid. Yeah, she's yeah she's got her own agenda as well. Yeah, yeah. That I I think I think I I do agree with the the character development to a certain extent that you know the the general kid gets sort of pushed pushed to his limits in terms of what he will do to win the game. Because he's put, he's he's threatening his friend with a knife. Mm -hmm. um, that friend then responds by, you know, maybe not wanting to be friends with him anymore. Uh, I, I, I don't really have a solid grasp on how the how the Skinner character was resolved. I feel like he just kind of walked off. I think, but I think for this day, he's it's it's resolved, right? For yeah. this day, he, he you know he he decides. Um, he's, you know, he he realizes you're not going to be my friend again, right. and and you all suck, and I'm a loser, right? Um, so uh, I guess we would have to extrapolate that that has consequences for their uh, their friendship or non friendship in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one, but the one kind of sticking point that I had was was the the girl character. Do you, do you remember her name? Jess. Jess. So I felt like she didn't get resolved at all, right, and too. I was really frustrated with that because because she was set up to be you know oh i've got this master plan i'm gonna i'm gonna take both flags and i'm gonna bring them to my boyfriend and i'm gonna impress him and right. it's gonna be great and we're gonna walk off into the sun and go to paris yeah. and she gets shot off screen yes it you don't even see her die so i thought they were setting that up to be she's gonna come back and and at the last minute she's gonna grab both flags and, and walk off with them and yeah she's, i agree and that, i was i was and, frustrated by and that she's too. just she just doesn't even you don't even see her after she gets shot. Yeah, that you don't even see her on I, the ground dead. I like wonder. It. I wonder if the scene. I wonder if there was a scene that that's been cut out of the movie. 
because because her death, if she if she was eliminated from the game, is off screen, yeah. and it, it opens this question. It leaves the question open, right? That but, what happened to her? But like, why would they? Why would they not put that in the movie if they I shot know. it? Like, I feel, I just I I was really or the or the, or the scene where she does come back and take the flags. If that's yeah. if that's another resu- if that's another ending for the movie, yeah. but maybe it just doesn't feel right after the uh, after the. Um, the the PK and Skinner situation as well. Maybe it just didn't feel right anymore. I think I think it feels hundred percent right because you leave you leave the two you know boys to to have their little squabble fight and they they don't resolve it because they're they're foolish boys mm-hmm. and the girl comes in and and she wins. I, I think that's a great ending. It could have worked, yeah. but they didn't do it. They didn't go for that. Yeah, yeah. I was. I found that just very perplexing in general, just the fact, especially the fact that they choose to include a girl in the movie at all, because that was obviously a conscious choice. I mean, they set it up in the very first scene that she's there. It's like, well, what are you doing here anyway? Like, you know, you don't know how to hold a gun or what, all that right. stereotypical bullshit. But and she reminds us that she plays chess and that she's going to be yeah, uh, like that a, she's a strategic and yeah. yeah, that she's going to win the game, and then and then they just forget about her. So, the, leading up to uh, well, before before her um, story gets that far, she goes to her uh, she goes to the opposing camp, and she has a chance to um, to, to get the flag. Um, just before that, there's a character who has a chance to take her out, but he doesn't. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about that scene. That that was a scene that rang hollow for me. It it didn't. Uh, no, the character who is guarding the camp, he's set up to be uh, a Christian boy. He's a pacifist. Yeah. But he's come out because he wants to make friends, so he's taking part in this game. Right. So not once does he um, fire a fake bullet at anyone, even yeah. though even though we get, this, we get that moment where he is uh, using him, his imagination to see all of the weapons that are available to him at the camp. Um, mm-hmm. And then he never uses any of it. Yeah. And I just, I thought, I think while it, I think it works to illustrate that character's moral position, I just didn't buy it because... They're fake guns anyway. They're fake guns. No one is, <laughs> no one's dying. All he has to do is, all he has to do is slow down at his opponent and he's yeah. doing his role for the team. Right. But he can't even do that. Right. And that, that bothered me. Like, although I guess, I guess... Shooting her only stops her for ten seconds anyway, yeah. and unless he has any grenades, right? Yeah. And and so he would theoretically have to engage in some level of violence in terms of throwing this thing at another person that would hit them and explode, but, and cover them in red. But wouldn't wouldn't it have been an effective scene if he did that? Like if he shot her and she was counting off, uh, she was counting off her um, her out time, uh, ten steamboats, mm-hmm. and then he had to decide what he was what action he was going to do next, right? And then he had to decide well. Am I actually going to um, potentially physically hurt this person by by throwing the grenade right. or, or other means, right? But they never built up to that, right? And and I was I, that that was something that I felt was missing was was that character's participation in the game and what it does to him, right? So he's just he so unfortunately he just stands outside. He seems more one dimensional than the other characters because he doesn't change, right? right? He, but yeah. I I think. I, I maybe I like that scene more than you do just because I, I actually do like the way that it plays out because maybe at first he's kind of hesitant with what to do but I think as it develops and she comes up into the cabin and and they're chatting and he he knows she's going to take the flag 
and there's nothing he's going to do about it. But that that almost turns into that that becomes his way of making a friend, because that's really all. Like you said, that's all he's there to do. He doesn't really want to engage in the game at all. He's a pacifist. Mm-hmm. He's he's a Christian boy, but she he's the, she he says something like oh we're in chemistry class together or whatever and so now they've created a bond and and i think that that is important for his character so oh okay okay all right that maybe that's a good point maybe i missed that maybe it was it was him forming a friendship uh like, i think he chose at at after a certain point he chose like okay well i'm just gonna let her up here and hmm. s- see how it goes hmm. okay because um, he has no chance of, you know, by brute force preventing her from taking the flag. So yeah. they shouldn't have left him there on his own in the first place. No, that's that seems to be a bad strategy on the on the part of the general who's never wa- who's never lost one of these games. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one more. Uh, there's one more scene I wanted to talk about. There's a character who gets hit with rocks, and so he suffers real injuries yeah. from uh, from his short participation in the game, and. Uh, and so there's a, there's a moment where he's he's wandering out of the woods, and he seems to be in a bit of a daze. And two other characters, um, they're they're watching him to see where he's going. But they're they're kind of stalking through the tall grass, and we get the sound effects of helicopters in the background. Um, if if you remember that, weird. I don't actually. Yeah. But it, but that image of of an of an unarmed Asian boy. Sort of translate walking through grass while there's like armed people stalking him. Um, and that, helicopters. Yeah, that seemed very pointedly referencing, uh, ref, you know, um, um, alluding to like Vietnam and those kind of conflicts Platoon and those kind of those kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting the way that the way they were setting up that scene. And again, I wish it paid off for something yeah. because uh, um, that kid suffers more injuries than the other kids and when he meets up with the rest of them it's just kind of um, it's just kind of dismissed what he's what he's uh, had to endure and he goes off he goes away pissed off again Um, I thought it was setting it up so that there was going to be some sort of an innocent bystander who was suffering uh, from this game and actually got a concussion yeah that's what I was expecting passed out or whatever yeah Yeah, but they didn't go there and uh, um, it seemed like there was a lot of effort put into staging that moment um, and then it just it didn't pay off for anything. Yeah, I think I think just in general, I found that the any any kind of commentary like that, or you know the Skinner character torturing the kid, um, I felt like none of that was taken far enough that it really became commentary. That it, that it was actually making a statement on something. I I read some reviews where it had been compared to Lord of the Flies, and I had intended to rewatch that as a as a counterpoint i mean that story has a reputation for being an allegory for the human condition and and you know what what happens when these kids are trapped on an island and they have no choice but to but to go to war with each other and and i didn't really feel like this movie i felt like all that sort of commentary was just hovering just outside of it Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really inside of it and and maybe that maybe that was a choice maybe that you know they want to hint at you know bullying and um you know racial violence and they want to hint at all of those things but they don't want to bring it into this this kid-like world because ultimately 
it's just a bunch of kids fighting each other and they don't they don't know about race they don't know about you know the the, the political consequences of, of bullying and and you know mm-hmm. the social impacts of all that stuff they, they don't care about that so the movie shouldn't but that's also a good opportunity to uh, to make statements about those kind of issues because you have characters who haven't properly filtered it as adults who who are sort of uh, unbridled in their emotions who are still you know acting out um, from their id or you know um, so I I think there's an opportunity to use that platform to to make those statements they they don't in this one yeah I don't I don't yeah. think it's the right choice that they didn't. Mm-hmm. bring in more commentary. I think the, I think it would have benefited from that because it, it just brings more depth to the story. It brings more more I layers w- to to what's otherwise just a bunch of kids fighting in a in a forest. Yeah, there's I saw a handful of reviews as well that tried to um uh, tried to bring it up uh in in terms of uh allegory for society and uh or political um um statements and, and stuff like that. And I think I think we want to I think we want to find something in the movie that is that makes the gimmick meaningful and I'm not sure it's there so I, I my feeling about the movie is that it's it, they wanted to make an action movie they wanted to use kids they wanted to show a kids war game through the eyes of kids and I don't think that has a lot of um, I don't think it. I don't think that is a multi-layered. Um, I don't think there's layers to that understanding. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think I think the movie that they made is purposefully um, not more than what's on the surface. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Were you rooting for any for any kids to succeed in what they wanted, or for any uh, any of the teams? Really, just the girl, because I found that she was. I, and again, I don't remember her name. Jess. Jess. Okay. Um, Played yeah, just by um, Mackenzie Monroe. Yeah. Again, more research on the other end of the table than <laughs> than this one. But yeah, I just felt like she she was given. I think she was given the most screen time outside of the the strategizing and and all of that she because she had her fantasy sequences where she's walking through the forest with with her boyfriend and so you i i got a better sense of who she was than the other characters because even though you get that the kid watches Patton like who cares I, like i didn't i didn't really i didn't really feel I guess I guess between Jess and Skinner, those were the two most fully developed characters. And even Skinner, I, I would have liked to have a better understanding of what what caused the rift between the two of them. Um, you know why he is now this outcast. What is driving his anger? You don't really get any mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, there's um, at one point the uh, the kid who's held hostage, Paul. He tries to um, he tries to distract. Skinner or or just um, get him thinking about something else and he asks about a story whether it's true or not where he was humiliated by a bunch of girls right yeah and that is yeah that's something that um, I guess you know that it's it's a glimpse into his backstory um, but I think uh, that sort of uh, psychological detail might have uh, been more interesting to explore because yeah. didn't because didn't Paul say Jess was one of the girls who did that Oh, I don't know that. I thought he said, um, "Is it true that Jess and, and someone okay. called you called you over to go swimming?" But maybe I misheard that. But um, 
But then Jess is on the team with him. Yeah. So no, that would make sense because because he doesn't really take kindly to her. But hmm. but yeah, the only the only person I was really rooting for was was Jess. Hmm. How about yourself? I I don't think I was really rooting for any of the characters. No, no. I, I was just I was just waiting. Um, I was I was watching it to see how it played out, but I didn't feel I didn't feel invested in either side. Yeah. Um, Maybe because I felt they weren't really trying to capture the flag. It was this. It seemed to be a lot of. Um, it was a waiting game to see who would leave their base first. Or, well, they seem to be in a giant park. Yeah. So that one one team can put their headquarters at a far end of the woods and not know, um, and, and the other team wouldn't know where they are. So, for for a team where there's only four players on each side, yeah. that's a lot of time just wandering the woods searching. Yeah. Um, so it, it it seemed a bit. Uh, seemed a bit uh, impractical in, in terms of having uh, a contained game resolve in a day. Yeah. So, but that's how we would play the game instead of these kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, what makes a Canadian? That, that, what makes so, a Canadian? this is this is a segment now, I guess. Okay. We are gonna. Now. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So, what makes us Canadian? Well, so you mentioned the language. I think th- so. We're two for two now with kind of teen or adolescent based movies where they're there's using they're using profanity they're using yeah there's no uh, there's no um, they don't shy away from using the f-bomb and other things they talk yeah. about they talk about eating poop and yeah. uh, and um, they tease one of the kids teases the other about the possibility of cutting off his dick so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> like that was I think far and away the best part of the movie and that I, I, that's what I was really hoping for again just a different version of the movie that I was expecting that you would get more just kind of toilet humor and more uh, comedy and just more of these like it was just too serious all the time hmm. and I wanted to see more of that quote unquote Canadian language in the movie oh, so. okay. I think I think one of the things that makes it very Canadian is its uh, economical use of the same location. Yeah. yeah. So it's all, while it is just um, very narrowly focused to this game in the woods on this afternoon, um, I think that is the type of scenario that makes it easy, easier for Canadian filmmakers if it's, if it's uh, contained in one place. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, like it's it's obviously we know it's a Canadian production and yet they still use American money. Yeah, I got that too. <laughs> yeah. And there was no need for the kid to take money out of his pocket anyway. Like he could have just said, "I'll give you fifty bucks." What was it again that he was trying to get him to do? Uh, eat the dog poop. Yeah. yeah. So, like he could have just said, "I'll give you fifty bucks." Yeah. Like he doesn't have to pull out the fifty. Well, the one kid says, "Do you have it on you?" And so he has to take it right, out of his but, pocket. But but that's just a contrived way to pull yeah. out a 50 so that they can show that they're in America. Like, <laughs> like they don't the kid doesn't have to ask him do you have it on you because ultimately there's no way he believes that he's going to get 50 bucks from the guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so another Canadian quality I'll I'll throw in there. Maybe it's not going to maybe it won't be recurring in yeah. our selections, but the opening credits um, which were not opening credits, uh, but there's an opening animation right. that spells out the rules of the game. I thought that sort of quirky exposition is... Uh, I, I think it feels 
like a feature of low-budget movies or or indie movies, but uh, I think it's adopted by Canadian movies too. Yeah, it, it was cool, but I didn't really get the the point of that. I mean, it, you don't really need to set up the rules of it. It seems a little unnecessary. Yeah, because in the uh, in the cold opening, you I think you witness a couple of those rules, and then and then in the as the movie plays out, you hear about some of the other rules. So I, I think yeah. that was unnecessary, unless they they thought the audience coming to this had never played a game of capture the flag before. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, so I I, I, can, I don't know. Can you think of any other what makes it Canadians? No, not not so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention: um, Drafthouse Films picked up the distribution in the states, which I thought was kind of cool because that's they're turning into a more more and more reputable distribution company and um for them to kind of pick this movie out and 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 want to disseminate it to an american audience i thought that was uh interesting i i to be honest not exactly sure why Hmm. just in the sense that i i didn't get as much enjoyment out of it as i have other draft house films i feel like they they're generally very discerning but um that's definitely a good sign for Canadian filmmakers going forward. That that they're getting um, sort of a niche a niche company like that could could there's, there's recognize there's the quality in, there. Yeah. yeah, and I think Drafthouse is uh, while it's a niche company, it's 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 recognizable among people who seek out uh, different types of movies. Yeah, so, yeah. So that that good marks for them uh, being able to get that sort of uh, recognition. Well, that I think that concludes our discussion on I Declare War. The Leafs. Leafs. <laughs> oh, we're going to do Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alexander, on uh, on our Canadian, on our Maple Leaf scale, how would you rate this movie? I'll give it 5 out of 11 Leafs. 5 out of 11. So that's yeah. uh, very, very below average. Yeah, I'd say slightly below average, but still worth a watch mm-hmm. in summation. How about yourself? On based on your eleven scale, I'll give it uh, six leaves. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me today, Alexander, to talk about I Declare War. Um, our uh, our other podcasts are available here. Filmed in Canada. <laughs> I, I'm guessing that we're going with filmed in Canada podcast dot com, but dot net dot net filmed in Canada podcast dot com dot net. Did I don't think we need the podcast. No. The, if you want dot com, you have to put podcast. Oh, okay. But maybe be cleaner without filmed the, in Canada dot net. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at married to a fly, and that's t o two, not the number two. Married to a fly. All right. Thanks, Alexander. I hope you'll join me again to talk more about Canadian movies. <laughs>